Revelation chapter 9 tonight, Revelation chapter 9, when we come to Revelation 9, we find ourselves coming to the conclusion of the first half of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation lasts seven years. When you uh, study the book of Revelation, I believe that you see the church until the end of chapter number 3. Beginning in chapter number 4, the church is gone. I think there's a great thing that happens. I think the Lord returns for His church in the clouds. And the church is raptured out here. The Bible says that God's people are not appointed to wrath. And uh, I don't believe the judgment or the tribulation is going to fall on God's people. And I'm thankful for that. And when we continue reading, beginning in chapter number 4, and we're making our way through the book of Revelation, we find ourselves in chapter number 9, and we have more description of uh, the great tribulation. There's going to be great judgment and wrath fall on the world. And the descriptions of these uh, judgments falling are uh, graphic and detailed in so many ways and, uh, and uh, something that we, you don't want to be part of. And I'm thankful that I have the promise I won't be, not because I'm good, but because Jesus is a faithful Savior and I've received him by faith as my Savior and I have him as my Savior, and he's forgiven my sins. I know that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I know if the rapture happens right now, I'm going to go home uh, to be with the Lord. And I'm thankful for that, and I rejoice in that promise. We come to chapter 9, and we've already last week looked at uh, the first four of the trumpet judgments, the trumpet sound, and they proclaim what's going to happen. The first trumpet uh, comes, and hail like H-A-I-L, hail falls from the sky, fire and blood. A third of the trees on the earth are uh, destroyed and killed, and all green pastures uh, are killed. What When green pastures are beaten to the ground, they eventually come back, right? And so when we see something that happens a little bit later, we need to remember this. But all this is happening, this, uh, this hail, fire comes, uh, hail, fire, and blood comes during the first trumpet. The second trumpet, a great mountain that is on fire is cast into the sea. And, uh, and we can understand that knowing a little bit about and studying and hearing from folks who study the skies that, uh, and uh, that asteroids and things like that happen. And, and so there's a great, the Bible, and David is, I mean David, uh, John is describing what he's seeing and the vision that God's giving him. And he says, I saw this great mountain that was on fire cast into the sea. The end result of that second trumpet was a third of the creatures in the sea died and one third of the ships were destroyed. Just remember, this is something that's going to happen during the Great Tribulation. It hasn't happened yet. The third trumpet blows and the fresh water of the earth is uh, made sour and bitter as wormwood and people die from that. The fourth trumpet sounds and one third of the sun is smitten. And we understand this is most likely a temporary event because later the sun will actually intensify in its uh, intensity. Uh, a third of the sun is uh, smitten. A third of the moon is smitten. A third of the stars is smitten. Can you imagine during this season the terror and fear and uh, the the uh, all that's going on on the planet? We know how uh, in our world when something when uh, tragedy strikes, how much it, it begins to it call it spreads across the the globe, and we know about it, and it causes fear, we worry, and, and fret. And in this moment uh, on earth, there's great tribulation. That's why it's called the great tribulation. Now, we come in our chapter, chapter number 9, to 
the light, the t- two more trumpets, and trumpet five and trumpet six. And I'd like to read to you chapter nine from the book of Revelation. The Bible says this, beginning verse number one. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and, and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death, and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and Death shall flee from them. And the shapes of the locusts were likened to horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were as it were crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates. And it was as it were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. And their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded. And I heard a voice from the four horns, the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire, by the smoke, and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents. Then had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands. That they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Tonight's message title is very, very, very special. Trumpets 5 and 6. That's tonight's message title. Trumpets 5 and 6. I came with that all by myself. Aren't you proud of me? 
trumpets, five and six. But I want to share with you some things and some details about this passage of Scripture that, is, that are very, very important. We're going to look first at trumpet number five. Trumpet number five. And we see here in uh, verse number one, the, and the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and the, to him was... Uh, given the key to the bottomless pit. So we see a star fall from that. Earlier in the book of Revelation, we understand that stars are, are angels. Stars are, have, are angels. And so we see a star fall. And we've got to remember that John is describing what he saw. He saw, I saw a star fall from heaven. A lot of folks believe that this may be a fallen angel. But it's a star that falls from heaven. And this star, he has some power, but he doesn't have power over the bottomless pit. And there's a lot more we'll see about the bottomless pit as we continue through uh, the book of Revelation. But he has the key of the bottomless pit. In the bottomless pit are two armies that we're going to see. One is an army of locusts that are described first in this trumpet number five. The Bible says in verse 2, He opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Can you imagine this is what happens? The, the earth is darkening again. And the Bible says, There came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. So what we have coming out of this great, out of the bottomless pit, are bugs. How many of you love bugs? How many of you are insect people? I, I may be a uh, red-blooded, redneck boy, but I don't like bugs. And, uh, and I'll touch one if I have to. I'll grab a nightcrawler and bait a hook. But I'm just telling you, I don't go around wanting to touch bugs. As a matter of fact, I, I'm bad to kill them. I, I remember one time talking about spiders. I don't like spiders. I'm not really, I don't, I'm not like phobia of them and I'll, I'll take my finger and smush them but uh, if I see them I don't want them to live I just don't I've just got something about me it's like snakes I know these people talk about it, and you may be one of them you'll have to forgive me if you're a Christian God wants you to forgive me but I, I'm glad that, that there are snakes hiding places eating rats I'm thankful for that snake but I want to remind that snake if you come out and I see you there's something inside of me that wants to kill you I'll be looking to end your life Mr. Snake just remember that I don't like bugs. I don't like snakes. And uh, I know somebody who likes them less than me. I call her honey. Uh, Ruth hates bugs and snakes and that kind of thing, but especially bugs and mice. She hates mice, so maybe she likes snakes better than mice. Anyway, right, bugs. I don't like bugs. Uh, I don't ever hardly put on my shoes without checking to see if there's bugs in my shoes or anybody messed up like me. I'll tell you what happened to me. When I was a teenager, I put my, I slipped my foot down in my boots really quickly. I had a pair of like cowboy boots. I slipped them in my feet down in my boots really quickly. And all of a sudden, as soon as I put my boot on, a, uh, a, a wasp stung me in the bottom of the foot. Oh, it was awful. And, uh, and I'll just tell you, I've never put on a pair of boots the same. And I don't like bugs. But can you imagine, this is what's going to happen in the tribulation. And laying all jokes aside, there's going to be a massive amount of locust-like insects that are, going to, that are going to terrorize society. The Bible says that these locusts are given power like scorpions. And the Bible says, verse 4, It was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass... Of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree. Normally, locusts eat the green stuff, but in this case, don't hurt the green stuff. The Bible says, neither any tree, but only uh, 
uh, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. The target of these insects are folks who have not put their trust in Jesus. We understand that the folks who have the seal of God in their foreheads in the tribulation time are most likely, in my opinion, most likely the tribulation saints and the 144,000. Some folks believe it's just the 144,000. We're not getting a fight about it. When we get to heaven, they'll know I'm right. I'm just messing with all that. But uh, really, the tribulation saints, 144,000. Uh, these folks that have put their trust in Jesus during the tribulation period, uh, God sends word, hey, look, uh, the the message is the locusts are to torment literally and torture everyone but those folks who have the mark of God in their foreheads. Those folks who belong to Jesus, who belong to the Lord, they're to be left alone. And so the Bible says this in verse number 5, to them it was given that they should not kill all the men that did not have the seal of God in their foreheads. Don't kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Interesting thing, most the lifespan of a locust, I think, is about five months. They should torment them five months. Their torment was as the torment of a scorpion. These locusts did something different than locusts do. They stung like a scorpion when he strikes a man. Verse number 6, And in those days shall men seek death. Here's how bad it gets. Though In those days shall men seek death, shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee them. They want to die, but they can't. The Bible says and describes these locusts. Let's take a quick look at these locusts. What do these bugs look like? How many of you have looked at a bug and it looked really scary? Well, look at these bugs with me for just a minute. Here's how, how God wants us to know what these bugs look like. The shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. I've been thinking about that. I think it's like, like that. You can see it. Can you see it? All right. Like horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. Think about that. And their faces were as the faces of men. Now, this is amazing. Just imagine picking up a bug and looking really close at that bug. And that bug had a face that looked like your Aunt Gertrude. Can you imagine that? There it is. I mean, that's scary right there. It might have a face that looked like me. That'd scare you good, wouldn't it? I, I picked up a locust today. It looked just like the preacher. Uh, and at uh, any rate, so they have faces like men. And, and truth is, uh, sometimes the faces of men can be a scary thing. Do you know you can walk into a room? You can walk into a room in the dark and see all kinds of objects, and they don't, they don't startle you. But if you walk into a room and there's some face in a corner, it'll scare you half to death. You know what I'm talking about? So someone very graciously bought me. I talked about those punching bags that you, you knock down and they come back up. You, you know what I'm talking about? They got sand in the bottom. Somebody bought me one of those. And it had the face of like a karate guy on it. And so we blew it up and we put it in my office. It was there until uh, my dear friends that came and get, comes and come and get candy, they were tackling it and punching it and uh, giving it what for. And I was all for it. I was cheering them on. Uh, They're in my office. They busted. But it stood there for some time. And I know that thing absolutely, teetotally scared the wits out of lots of people. If the blow-up thing in my office ever scared you, would you please raise your hand? I see that hand. And uh, please forgive me. Please forgive me. But it's the face. You see the face. It scares you. I've rambled enough. All right, let's look what this, these bugs look like, these locusts look like. The Bible said they had faces of men. Verse 8, they had hair as the hair of women. Look at that. You see a face like a man, hair like women. Their teeth were as the teeth of lions. You look at the teeth of these 
locusts and they had teeth like lion's teeth. The Bible says they had breastplates and as it were breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings is the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions and there were stings in their tails and their power was to hurt men five months. Can you imagine? It's like a horror flick where the human-faced, girly-haired locusts come to sting you with scorpion tails. It's, this is what it said. And I'm not, I, we, we kinda, I like to kind of lighten it up a little bit, but the truth is this is going to happen sometime. It's going to happen to real people. And God says this is how he's going to judge us. I think our creator knows what torments folks who reject him, and I hate it. But the penalty of sin is strong. The Bible says in verse number 11, they had a king over them, which is the angel, the bottomless pit, whose name is in the Hebrew tongue, Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue, his, hath his name Apollyon. The name Apollyon means destroyer. Some people believe that Apollyon is the devil himself. I don't know. But Apollyon is a king and ruler over this great demonic possessed Band of locust bugs. That's great torture. Five months. The Bible says in verse 12, One woe is past, and behold, there come two more woes after. Trumpet five. Look at the second thing I want to talk about. Trumpet six. Trumpet six. The Bible says in verse 13, something else happens. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. Something fascinating about the river Euphrates. And there's four angels in this, in this picture bound in the river Euphrates. The river Euphrates is the beginning place of society. You find between the Tigris and Euphrates River the location, the Garden of Eden. When you think about the River Euphrates, you've got the a place where sin began. And there in the River Euphrates, there are four angels that are loosed and, and that have been bound. And the four angels that are loosed, the Bible says, were prepared, verse 15, for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Now, this is uh, this time stamp is different than the way we'd normally say it. When I read this, I, I really start adding them up. So these angels were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year. So I'm thinking, well, that's one year, one month, one day, and one hour. Uh, but that's the wrong way to look at this. This is actually a way to speak of a very specific time. So these uh, angels are prepared for a specific hour on a specific day in a specific month in a specific year. Does that make sense? So it is a very specific year, month, day, and hour that this, these four angels have been prepared for. Something fascinating to think about this moment. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how God's going to do it. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time trying to think it through. But at this very moment, this exists. And God is prepared. And there's uh, the preparation for the final judgment and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And part of it is there are four angels that are prepared for a specific moment, a specific day of a year, of a month, and an hour of that specific day. God has prepared this. Some more details. The Bible says in verse number, where are we? Verse number 16. 
Okay, verse number 15. For an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay, the thing they're prepared for is to slay the third part of men. There's going to be a great slaughter. Look at the Bible says, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, that's 200 million. And I heard the number of them. He couldn't see it all, but he heard the number. There's 200,000, there's 200 million horsemen. Think about 200 million horsemen. Uh, now, some folks want to say, well, China's got 200 million soldiers. I don't, I don't think that's the case in this situation. But the, uh, the 200 million uh, horsemen. Now, this is a fascinating thing. That number is hard to wrap our brains around. But someone said, if you figure out the space that it takes to hold a horse and a man, and you were to put 200 million horsemen in, in some type of order and rank and file and line them up, the line would be one mile wide and 80 miles long. Can you imagine that? If you just take 200 million people, you fill up Neyland Stadium, go Big Orange, you fill up Neyland Stadium 2,000 times with just the people, then you've got to figure out what to do with all the horses. I'm just giving you a perspective on the size of this army. The Bible says there's a great army with a great number. And the scripture says in verse 7, And thus I saw the horses in the vision. And them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and jacinth and brimstone, the heads of the horses... Whereas the heads of the lions out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone. You see horses with lion's heads and out of their mouths fire and brimstone and smoke. And the Bible says that the third part of men were killed, verse 18, by the fire, by the smoke, by the brimstones which issued out of their mouths. A third part of people on the planet die at this time during the Great Tribulation. The Bible says this of this great army and these horses looking horses things. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were likened to serpents and had heads with them to do hurt. Now, look, when we see all this detail of the great tribulation, it's a fascinating thing. There's something I want to remind you about. I'm bringing this to a swift conclusion with the Lord's help. There's something I want to remind you about. The Lord gives us the details of the Great Tribulation, and there's reason for this. And when we look at this, we have to understand, at this moment in time, uh, there has been great tribulation now for three and a half years fallen on the earth, the earth that we live on in Chilhawe proper. And there's great torment and torture and terror. and It's brutal. It's brutal. And folks are watching this, but there's an exception to the rule. God said, look, you can do all this, and I don't want you to torture all these people, and I don't want you to, I, I, you've, got to, you've got to, judgment is falling on the earth. Grace has been extended, like the flood that came in Noah's day. Grace has been extended, but the day of grace is over. And God says, look, here's the deal. All this is happening to everybody but that group of people who have the name of God on their forehead. People who belong to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but if I see a group of people that aren't suffering, you know what I think I would want to do? I think I'd want to say, hey, tell me something. What's your secret? What's your secret? It's like you watch somebody lose a bunch of weight. The first thing you want to do is like, tell me what your secret is because that looks like something I need to do, but I want to do it the easy way. <laughs> tell me your secret. 
And the Bible paints a picture in the last two verses of this chapter. They're devastating. All this going, there's people who want to die and can't. And now there's a third of people who have died. And there's great trouble all around. And I want you to see how people respond. Verse number 19. Verse number 20. The rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues. Look at it. Yet repented not of the works of their hands. That they should not worship devils. What were they doing? They kept worshiping their devils. They kept worshiping their idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood. Which neither can see nor hear nor walk. They kept being idolaters. They kept worshiping devils. They kept being idolaters. Verse 21. Neither repented they of their murders. They kept being murderers, nor of their sorceries. This word sorceries, I've run out of time, but this word sorceries is pretty interesting. You know the word sorceries is the word, the Greek word pharmakia. And the only reason I tell you that is I think, I think you'll recognize the word pharmakia because it's where we get our word pharmacy. There was an emphasis here that there was great drug abuse. Now I think that's pretty uh, revealing, is it not? It's great drug abuse. They wouldn't repent of their murders, their drug abuse, their fornication, or their thefts. And when I look at this, I think, mm, wow, what a terrible time. And then I'm reminded of the moment in which we live. And I want you to think of this with me just for a moment. Perhaps you're here tonight, and the Lord is beating you half to death. Have you ever been in a situation where the Lord was beating you half to death? You need to repent. You need to turn to Him. You need to get saved. You need to uh, get right. You need to get uh, forgiveness. You need to forgive. You, you, need to, you need to do something because God is convicting you of your sin, but you just keep... And the Lord's beating you to death. And I wonder, what is it going to take for the Lord to get your attention? In this situation, it's a sad state of affairs. These folks' minds and eyes are so blinded and they've turned their hearts against God so much that all these tortures are happening to everybody but the people who trust in Jesus and they keep hardening their hearts. Now look, it's not a perfect application to you and I, but I will tell you this. If the Lord's convicting you about having a dirty, rotten attitude, what's it going to take for you to get that right? If the Lord's convicting you about getting saved, what's he going to take to get that right? If the Lord's working your heart about obeying about a specific matter, what's he going to take to get that right? I'll just tell you, God loves you enough that he'll do what he needs to do in order to get your attention. And I pray you'll not find yourself like these awful folks who turn their back on Jesus in the great tribulation. All... Hail literally is falling around them. And still, they won't repent. Still, they won't turn to the Lord. You know, God's given you an opportunity to trust Him by faith as your Savior. God's given you an opportunity to get right with Him. God's given you an opportunity to have peace with Him. God's given you an opportunity to obey Him. For heaven's sake, you ought to obey the Lord. You ought to obey the Lord. There's a lot to be learned from the five trumpets, five and six. May the Lord help us. They would not repent. What a tragic picture of a hard heart. Make sure you're not sitting in the pew of a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church with a hard heart too. Turn to the Lord. Get right with Him. Oh, you'll be glad you did.
Let's pray.